Connor just stopped by on the weekend. And I think a Coldplay song came on. I was playing DJ, just playing some songs. And I, like, got booed. I got booed off the stage. And it wasn't even this Coldplay. It was, like, old-school parachutes. Coldplay. It got voted off the island. It's a song called Living La Vida Loca. And that's Ricky Martin. Something like that. What's it? What is it? Viva La Vida. Okay, Viva La Vida. But that that's the song that's playing right now. Okay, th- this is going to go on our band list. You cool with that? Bauer, Narsa? Joe Narsa, Keith Bauer hanging out. This is Toronto Today. What's up, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Uh, the poll question up at TSN 1050 Radio. I'm more excited for Jeannie Bouchard's next... A tennis match, B Instagram post, C photo shoot. If I have to explain to you why this is up, then please. Like some people are having the fake outrage about this poll question, but it's a real question. She has 1.5 million followers on Instagram. She's a part time model, full time celebrity, part time athlete. 48% said their next photo shoot, 31% say Instagram post, 21% say tennis match. Devin hit me up, at Wheeler TSN. Well, Graham Dillette is the 117th ranked Canadian men's golfer, and Canadians track him. <laughs> what? Are you comparing Graham Dillette? Graham Dillette and Jeannie Bouchard. You gotta be having a laugh. All the sponsors, everyone's coming after Graham Dillette. Really? Really? Wow. You can keep on weighing in at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Uh, coming up later on this hour, it's Sound Wars and WTF. All the stories that are interesting, incoherent, inconceivable. Uh, we'll bring them all to you a little bit later on this hour. Bruce Arthur's going to check in in about 10 minutes' time. I want to talk about Sidney Crosby to Bruce. Um, and you could weigh in as well. 416-870-1050. That is 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Is Sidney Crosby still the face of the NHL? He turned 30 years old yesterday. He might be. He's won back-to-back Stanley Cups. The best player in the game? I'll have that. He's the best player in the game of hockey for me. The most exciting, the most interesting, the most compelling? Probably not. If Sidney Crosby is still the face of the NHL, then is that a good thing? And if he's not, then who is? 416-870-1050 and toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Craig Button, uh, TSN's What do you call him? Internal scout? Resident, Resident scout. scout. That's it. Yeah. And GM. Just wanted to get his title right. And general manager of the TSN team. Putting together a pretty good team here, by the way, at TSN. Uh, yesterday, he weighed in at Crosby at 30. And last February, he did his all-time rankings. And he had Sidney Crosby coming in at number 8 in terms of the best players of all time. His order was Gretzky, Orr, Lemieux, Howe. He calls them the Mount Rushmore of the NHL, followed by Richard, Harvey, Beliveau, and then Crosby. Okay. Craig, after this year's Stanley Cup run, 
The fact that Crosby won the Conn Smythe, even though he was good, not great. Like, there wasn't a standout candidate this year for the Conn Smythe, but good on Sidney Crosby, not going to argue with that. Okay? I'll leave that alone. Won another cup. Craig Buttons bumped him up. Three spots. See you, Beliveau. Later, Harvey. Peace, Richard. Sidney Crosby is now his fifth-ranked all-time NHL player, which is fine. I mean, we're still seeing Sidney Crosby's career play out before our eyes. From my perspective, though, he is a completely underwhelming superstar. Because, one, he doesn't say much, and two, he just does all the little things right. And that shouldn't be to a detriment. That's not being... That's not a negative thing. It's just if you look at other eras of hockey, you look at the greatness of Gretzky, he was head and shoulders better than everyone else. Lemieux at times looked like he was toying with the league. Or how? There were just transcendent players. They didn't dominate the game. Or, they sorry, they dominated the game. And I'm not sure that Sidney Crosby dominates the game of hockey. You can make the case that he might, but year after year, I mean, if, if you look post-lockout, Sidney Crosby won the scoring title back in 13-14. I don't believe he's won the scoring title since. In fact, other players who are good, like, you know, borderline superstar players in the NHL, have picked up more points in recent seasons than Sidney Crosby. And we just don't judge everything based on points. And perhaps today in the NHL, in the way that the game's being played, it allows less room for superstars to completely dominate. So being a guy like Crosby who does the little things right, good defensively, good skater, good stick handler, Excellent in a lot of areas of the game. Maybe that's the breed of the modern-day superstar, which is fine. And, and, and that's why you can make the argument, and I subscribe to it, that Crosby's still the best player in hockey today, 29 turning 30. But that doesn't mean that he should be or is the face of the game. Because the one thing that Sidney Crosby is not is exciting. We are just talking about Jeannie Bouchard. You follow all of her moves, her... Life plays out before your eyes, whether it be in front of the camera, in photograph, on social, whatever. You know what Jeannie Bouchard's all about. You don't know any. Sidney Crosby's the polar opposite of a Jeannie Bouchard. What do we know about Sid the Kid? If you peel back the layers, what do we know about him? We know he's from Coal Harbor. We know that he was born on 8-7. Hence this theme in terms of contract and number with the number 87. You know that he lived in Mario Lemieux's basement for a while. Am I missing something? Like, it was kind of a big deal at the Stanley Cup parade. Like, he had a babe with him there. You're like, who's this babe? Like, everything is behind a curtain when it comes to Crosby. How he feels about the game of hockey. He's not emotional. He's not interesting. There isn't anything compelling there. Oh, yeah, one day he worked in Tim Hortons with Nathan McKinnon. Like, these are the things that you know about Sidney Crosby. And I'm not necessarily saying that these are any bad attributes or negative attributes. But I think it speaks volumes about the game of hockey and where it's at. 
And if he is the face, perhaps he's the perfect face because that unassuming Canadian boy keeps things quiet, well-behaved, all those things that we value in this country, Sidney Crosby's that. And perhaps he doesn't need to give us anything more. Perhaps he doesn't need to be anything more. But this is a league that's very robotic. The emotion has been taken out of the game. The edge has been taken out of the game of hockey. And it's kind of turned into a place where Sidney Crosby perhaps should be the face. Connor McDavid is going to be the best player in hockey if he isn't pushing Sidney already. And he will be the face. But McDavid, like Crosby, has nothing to say. Nothing, like, offers very little. When he came out and kind of in a monotone voice and said he was disappointed that the NHL weren't going to the Olympics, you're like, okay, here we go. And and nothing after that. If NHL players really want to go to the Olympics, why is it Sidney Crosby leading that charge? Why is it he putting his foot down like Alexander Ovechkin is trying to apply pressure? Ovechkin was quoted yesterday saying, well, there's still a chance. There's still a chance we go to the Olympic Games. Why isn't the face of hockey doing more for the game of hockey? Or isn't that his job? 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Look at the face of other sports. LeBron James. Perfect example. The king. A child prodigy. He's an advocate. He's a leader. He's a power broker. You know where he stands. Crosby, Crosby, not so much. The NFL has had some big characters, big personalities. Unfortunately, their biggest name and biggest face right now is embroiled in controversy. Tom Brady's polarizing. He's probably the best quarterback of all time. And you can make the argument, one of the best cheats of all time. I don't even say that him being a cheat in a negative way. Because he's not the only one. But you know a little bit more about the flash. And and Tom Brady brings a little bit more sizzle to the table than Crosby does. Who brings absolutely none. Shall we continue? The soccer world is littered with big personalities. They're marketing people's dreams. A Cristiano Ronaldo, a Lionel Messi, and maybe they've been involved in some tax evasion issues, which shouldn't be taken lightly. I get it. But the realm of them being superstar helps the sport grow and helps make it more relevant. The NHL is like this place where the faces of the game either won or being taken advantage of enough, or two, the players simply don't have the personalities to drive that interest and I wonder big picture long term how that will weigh in and affect the way that we look at Sidney Crosby's career when it's all said and done a great player but there's no way he's going to be able to touch or reach the realm of Gretzky of Lemieux of players like that we're at a different time I mean I grew up watching hockey at a time where My God, I I still worship players like Marc Messier because they brought something to the table just today. It's it's like the NHL largely is a world of like, it's the no fun league. 
we joke around about the NFL that way. The NHL's become the no fun league. No fighting, no violence, no emotion, don't say anything. And it's an issue. And Sidney Crosby, I, I guess, is the face of that. James hit me up, at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Yeah, Crosby's the face, but he is company again. Still most recognizable across the continent. Is Sidney Crosby the most recognizable hockey player worldwide? Is he? Who would be the most recognizable hockey player worldwide? Like Gretzky transcended the sport. He was something bigger. He was in the Michael Jordan realm. Remember pro stars, Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, Wayne Gretzky. He was right there. And now in the NHL today, eh, it's Sidney Crosby. Which might not be a bad thing. That might suit you fine. But for me, I'm left wanting more. And when I look back at Crosby's career, I'm going to end up saying, yeah, really good player. Great player. But I will have very little emotional investment in the guy. Perhaps it's a case I respect him a whole lot more than I'm odd or I love the guy as a player. And perhaps that's just me. It just seems to be that's where we are in the NHL today. So you can have your say. The text is 10-50-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca at Wheeler TSN is where you find me on Twitter. Is Sidney Crosby still the face of the NHL today? If so, is that a good thing? If not, then who? The worry is that Connor McDavid will turn into the next breed of Sidney Crosby. Now, McDavid's game is a lot more thrilling, energetic, edge-of-your-seat type stuff than Crosby, but the personality, very similar. Should that, does that matter? Bruce Arthur, the Toronto Star, and TSN, the reporters, at Bruce underscore Arthur on Twitter, joins me on the program. What's going on today, Bruce? Wheels, how are you, my man? Doing very well. Feeling better this week and back up and at it. Uh, Crosby turns 30. I can't believe he just turned 30, by the way, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which And Crosby in, himself, in itself is a great topic. Because a great player, but is he still the face of the NHL today, Bruce? And why or why not? There's really only, I would say, three candidates for the face of the NHL. And Crosby, I would say, is number one. I think McDavid is going to be the face. I don't think he's there yet, but I think it's going to happen really fast. I mean, he's already won a hard trophy. He's already won a scoring title. Like, he's, he's, he's that guy. He's, he's going to be a guy who, in 15 years, will be having this conversation about whatever legacy he's left to the game. And then the third would probably be P.K. Subban, and he's not going to be that guy for, for a lot of different reasons because he's antithetical to a lot of things hockey does. But Crosby... What's been kind of interesting about Crosby as McDavid has come up um, is that McDavid, I mean, McDavid is as good a forechecker as any forward in the league. He's, he's the fastest thing we've ever seen. His skills are unbelievable. He dragged the Edmonton Oilers not only into the playoffs, but deep into the playoffs. Like, this is, this is a generational guy. And Crosby still had the better year, I'd say. Like, Crosby, the, the thing that Crosby has done that McDavid hasn't done, and I have no doubt he will do, is that when the games have been biggest, Crosby has been able to be just just an extra-level great player. And we saw it at the World Cup, and we saw it 
in the playoffs this year, and he won the Conn Smite for the second year in a row. Um, I, it, I, I covered that series. I covered the conference final. Evgeny Malkin had moments of greatness in the playoffs, and there were guys like Phil Kessel even had moments of greatness in the playoffs, and I still had no doubt that I was voting for Sidney Crosby for Conn Smythe. He's still, to me, the most accomplished de- definition based player like he he defines greatness in hockey right now it will be mcdavid but right now you could probably say the face of the nhl is both of them sure and, and it's the subtleties of his game right he does the little things right a texter hits me up and says he's just the ultimate professional check 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 i get all that but he doesn't really bring the sizzle both on and off the ice, like unless you really like the intricacies of the game, Bruce. And certainly off the ice, we know nothing about this guy. And that, to me, makes him the perfect face of a boring NHL today. You know what I mean? Like, And I just wonder if that changes the way that we'll look at him when his career's all said and done. A guy that on the ice did things better than anyone else, but a guy that you really weren't vested in. Yeah, he's kind of... He's a hockey nerd's best player in some ways, and I and I and I don't mean to say that that like the true hockey aficionado can't like I my, my one of my favorite players to watch is Patrice Bergeron in person. She does so many beautiful little things, and I'm just I I, I love watching. Um, Crosby's like that, but a way better offensive player. And and there's all these subtleties to his game that if you really follow hockey, you can see and you can see how he's evolved year by year to become a better shooter, to become a better in corners, to become better in all these different kind of ways he's evolved as a player which has been fascinating and he's kind of snuck up on us in that he's going to wind up as one of the top five players of all time i think and we considered him the best player of his era but he's methodically built a career but he's not he's not thrilling in the same way that some other great players have been thrilling like he's not thrilling the way gretzky was he's not thrilling the way lemieux was for sure because lemieux was just so spectacular even Lindros at his height was a, was like you couldn't take your eyes off him on the ice. Um, and McDavid is like that. And Crosby fits in in a more subtle way. And that's just that's just who he is. I just I don't think there's any I don't think there's another path he could have taken because it's not like he's the biggest guy. He's strong as a bull and he's fast, but he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He just has all these other parts to his game that add up to being a great player. In terms of off the ice, it's interesting because he is a bit of a cipher. Um, but what we do know about him, we know a few things about him. Like he loves World War II history, stuff like that. He's, a, he's an interesting guy, okay, in, in some way. But he, it, it's mostly interesting in that he is so enraptured by hockey and so kind of singularly focused on it that that's, that defines a huge amount of who he is. And if he had had more personality over the course of his career, and we can say this about a number of hockey players then he would have been, I think, a bigger star and an easier guy to market as the face of the league. If, if him and Ovechkin had switched off-ice personalities, and Ovechkin's is a little overrated probably if you look at the whole of his career, um, then how much bigger would Sidney Crosby have been? But to become the player he was, he had to be that singularly focused, internal-looking guy. And from all accounts, McDavid is very similar in that regard. Do, do you have to be that way, though? Or, or, or is it the climate of hockey? 
Is it the way that the NHL is played today? It doesn't allow or it won't allow for players like Gretzky to come good or won't let personality shine through like a LeBron James who's enthralled basketball, you know, is his life, but there's more layers to that to LeBron James than there seemingly is for guys like Crosby or McDavid. And for me that's hugely problematic for the NHL that these special players, arguably top 10 players all time, you can that the fan base when their careers are done might not feel any real true attachment to them unless they played in your city. Well, and, and there's a bigger the, 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 the contrast between the NHL and the NBA. Here's the thing with Sidney Crosby. Let's say Sidney Crosby is analogous to Tim Duncan, right? A guy who did not show personality off the court but was unceasingly brilliant for more than a decade on the court, won titles, was was one of the great players we've ever seen. But Duncan wasn't the, the face of the NBA. Yes, and that's the thing. Right. Is that if, if it was just Sidney Crosby who acted like this, or just Sidney and, and like 15 other good players, the thing is he doesn't have a Shaq. He doesn't have a Kobe. There's none of these other personalities in the league. I've been, t- I've been saying this forever about hockey, is that hockey so ruthlessly suppresses personality. Who's the funniest guy in the NHL? It's prob- probably Roberto Luongo, right? Right. Like, well, at least on social media, yes. And how did we find that out? We found that out because Roberto Luongo had a secret Twitter account that people figured out wasn't secret. And only that way did he feel comfortable in letting his personality kind of come forward. That's hockey. Whereas in basketball, again, all the dynamics of the game are different, right? Like, the players have so much more agency. The teams rely on them so much more. It's, it's obviously they are more central to the operation. Uh, like, LeBron James defines a franchise in a way that even Sidney Crosby doesn't. And so that they have more ability to show their personalities. It's, there still is a, a huge amount of teamwork in basketball, but there's much more tolerance for personality, for individuality, for expressing yourself differently. Um, and that just doesn't happen in hockey. Like, again, P.K. Subban is the, is the guy we always use as an example. And the funny thing about it is, I like P.K. P.K.'s not that funny, right? Like, he's not, he's not that funny. He's... What, what defines PK as different from other players in terms of his personality? He's willing to say stuff. And that's about it. It's not even that it's that clever. Like, the mouthwash thing wasn't that great. No. It's just that someone was doing it at the Stanley Cup final, and that doesn't happen in hockey. If there were 10 PK Subets, if there were 15 who were like him, not exactly like him, but willing to say things, willing to express personality, had the agency to do so, then hockey would, I think, look a lot different because a lot more players would feel maybe like they were allowed to do it. But there's, PK isn't that good at it. He drives teammates nuts. He really does. And you can argue whether that's their fault or his fault. It's probably a little bit of both. Um, and so who's, who's the guy you look at? Like if, if Crosby had come out and been a flamboyant character and been as good as he was and everything had worked in Pittsburgh as well as it did and it still fit as well as it could with the Penguins, maybe that would have changed the way some players approach the game. But we just haven't seen it. Like, coaches, GMs, other players, the culture of hockey suppresses individuality. It suppresses personality. It always has, and more, maybe in some ways more now than ever with more media, especially in Canada. And that's just, that's what hockey is. And you can still enjoy it. You can still love the games. But I've argued this over and over, is that if you look across every front in the NHL, you can, you can look at it and say, this could be better. If, if the culture of hockey was a little bit different, but it isn't. Isn't there a problem on the ice, too, though? 
Like, like when we watch Gretzky and we watch Lemieux play in recent vintage, we understood that this was a next-level special talent. Now, the game today is just so fast, Bruce. It's the intricacies that you like, which are much harder to capture to the naked eye that, you know, unless you're watching replays in the game. And just, and, and just look at the way that hockey's played today. I mean, Sidney Crosby's won one scoring title since the last lockout, and he's been over 100 points just one time. You're not seeing the sheer dominance from the quote-unquote best players in the game like you did before. Well, uh, Crosby's been more dominant. He's been dominant by the standards of his era. If you look at him versus the second best player in points per game in his era, there's a big gap, right? And it's Malkin. Um, like he's at, I think, 1.3 through five or so, and Malkin's at like 1.18. And then the guy, then after that, it drops. I always say, imagine a league in which Sidney Crosby didn't have 80, 85 points or 95 points or 100 points. He had 140 or 150. And if you look historically at points per game in the history of hockey, He's in the top five, I think. And he's done that in an era where scoring has been ruthlessly suppressed. If you took Sidney Crosby and versus his, his, the people, other people's era, I mean, they played in the 19, early 1990s, he would have 160 points a year. But the league doesn't allow for that. It just doesn't. Like, I but that, that's, that, that's my point. Like the, the, the yeah. league, the way that the game is played today, doesn't allow his true greatness to shine. Well, it allows some of it to shine because you can. St- he's still the best player, or him and McDavid. We know who the best players are for the most part, but it, it, it just could be better. Like, imagine if this year McDavid had 150 points, and Austin Matthews had 60 goals, and Patrick Laine had 60 goals instead of 40. Like the, historically, for a long period, like basically from the 1970s through the 1980s into the early 1990s, that was the case. And there's just been, with the advent of all the stuff we've always talked about, especially goaltending, but also systems, coaching, video, all of those things, they've conspired. And we, we've seen it every year in the playoffs. Remember when Tampa and Chicago were in the final? Tampa was the highest-scoring team in the regular season. Chicago had all this talent, and they played a really close, really boring six-game series. Like, that's what they did. And that's what happens, is that hockey, it's easier to destroy than to create. And what the NBA's done on the flip side, the NBA this year had its highest scoring season since, I think, 1991. And the players are putting up historically big numbers. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant go up and down. There's, like the, the stars are the stars because the league has changed the rules in a way that benefits players. You can't grab Steph Curry anymore, and that's why Steph Curry exists in his current form. The NHL doesn't do that. Like Sidney Crosby, you know what the most interesting thing about Sidney Crosby would be? If you gave him a truth serum and said, how do you think the game should be played? And I bet he'd have a ton to say about officiating, about lesser players pulling him down, because that's what they've been doing his whole career. Like, part of, one of the re- he hasn't really been targeted in the same way as Eric Lindros was, because the rules did change the NHL's credit. And he, but he's gotten unlucky. But it's, it's more just the garbage that star players have to fight through during the playoffs. And it, it happens every year. I went back and looked. The 91-92 Penguins. We're about as top-heavy a team as this Pittsburgh team. And the difference was, Sidney Crosby finished with, what, 27 points in these playoffs? I'm, I, I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, it was in either. the high 20s. Yeah. yeah. Mario Lemieux finished with 46. Then, right. Right? Like, or whatever it was. Like, it's it just the, the scale of hockey, everything's been tamped down. Everything's been buttoned down. Everything's been limited because there's not a lot of vision across the game. Yeah. There just isn't. That's a problem. Not a lot of vision for an offensive entertaining, more flamboyant hockey. And the hockey that's being played right now works. But remember Team North America at the World Cup? 
that was the most fun hockey I don't. I think any of us have seen in I don't know how long. And it's impossible in the NHL because you can't get that much talent in one place. And even if you did, I'm not sure how long it would take for other teams to start pulling it down into the muck anyway. Right. Um, last one for you here. As the face of the game of hockey, um, if you were a true power broker in the game, I would have loved to seen Sidney Crosby step up and take a true stand on this no Olympic participation business. And that's something that lets down when it comes to a Crosby as well. The fact that at a time where he can take some true leadership when it comes to what the players wants, where's the face right now? Yeah, and I, I get the sense that Sid kind of feels like he's maybe been there, done that. I, I, I that's the sense. Well, I've it's not just about him; it's about his brethren. It's about future generations, and I think he's just completely missing the boat. And perhaps he's got too close to ownership. Too, perhaps he's too close to the other side, which is never a good look. I don't think it's that. But during the lockout, he wasn't a part of the lockout kind of team. Remember when he came in with with Penguins ownership and Mario Lemieux and all that, and tried to fix things, and that went disastrously wrong. But here's the thing. How many players, how many coaches truly said what they thought about the NHL pulling out of the Olympics? Yep, it's a problem, Very but he, but it, if Sidney Crosby spoke, people would have to listen, right? If he's the well, best player in the game of hockey, if he's the LeBron James of the NHL, when he speaks, the league listens. And the fact that there's silence when it comes to Crosby, I question what that means. Well, I would have liked, I think he would have opened, again, it would have opened the doors to other players to do it. But think about this. Mike Babcock wants to go. He really wants to go. He said a few things, and then he quieted right down. The NHL is, again, ruthless in its kind of claustrophobic approach to running a sport. And we see the results every day. Great stuff, buddy. Enjoying Prince Edward County. It is a beautiful day here, and the water's even gone down a little bit. So Lake Ontario doesn't feel like it's going to wash over your head. Awesome, buddy. Very jealous. Thanks for taking some time today. Always great catching up with you, pal. Hope you're well. Great to talk to you, Wheels. Bruce Arthur, Toronto Star, Star columnist, TSN The Reporters, regular right here on TSN 1050, chatting Sidney Crosby. And when he speaks about this suffocating style, for me, that's one of the things that holds the NHL back. Too many rules. Too many rule changes. Just too much. That's why we don't see... I think the scope of how great Sidney Crosby is, that's why we certainly don't hear it, and that's why the sport continues to struggle to grow. Sidney Crosby is the perfect face of the NHL because he represents everything that it is and is not here in 2017. Share your thoughts at Wheeler TSN. The text is 105050, the email live at tsn1050.ca. I'll share some of your comments that have come in. That's coming up next. And the phone lines are open, 416-870-1050. And toll-free at 1-855-591-6876. Sound Wars WTF, they're on the way as well. This is Toronto Today. It's time for a TSN 1050 Sound War. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. It's 1236, Gareth Wheeler with you, and this is Toronto Today. 
the best on-air moments go head-to-head, then you can decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new lighter-up light lager. It's on-air moments seed number three versus the underdog, the pesky one seed number 14. On-air moment three, Brian McCabe and the O-Dog discuss each other's physical shortcomings on the draft floor. You were a month away from having to go message. <laughs> we talked about this last time. I, actually, I think it looks pretty no. thick right now. You have a river running through the side that's cutting in deep. You're a month away from gastric <laughs> bypass surgery. <laughs> That was on-air moment number three. On-air no, on air moment number 14. While at the World Championships in France, Darren Dreyer gets to experience some local culture. Dregs, are you okay? You coughing up yeah. a storm over there? Honest to God, that's exactly what happens. I'm standing in the lobby <laughs> of the hotel, and somebody just walked by with a dart. So as I inhaled, I'm like, uh-oh, this is no good. There's not one French dart guy. There's about five million. <laughs> it's a country full of them. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite on-air moment. Seat number three, gastro bypass surgery. <laughs> That's what it's titled. Or seat number 14, Dreger's French Dart Guy Experience. Voting for this sound war closes at 3 p.m. today, so you got two hours, 20 minutes to get her done. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Sound Wars is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager at select Loblaw grocery stores. So good stuff there. Cast your vote, TSN 1050.ca. Uh, more, more on Crosby in a moment. Wanted to bring up this story. It's a local guy doing good. Still in the very early stages of his career, Andrew Wiggins is on the verge of signing a five-year deal worth roughly $150 million. 22! Like, I thought, it was, I thought it was a lot of money when Connor McDavid at 21 signing for 12.5. And it's not that he's not worth it. It's just a young player getting that much money that soon is a little unsettling. Andrew Wiggins is just 22. Now, apparently his owner, Glenn Taylor... Um, said he's going to sign him to a max deal, but he wants to chat with him first. I wonder if that means to make sure that he ends up staying in Minnesota long term. I mean, what's 150 That's like $30 million a year for Andrew Wiggins. And this is the scary thing when it comes to the NBA. Wiggins is a good player at the age of 22, right? Like, we'll all acknowledge that. But is he some transcendent Sure shot superstar in the NBA? Absolutely not. And he's a local guy and 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 he's and he's likable to a certain degree and we all want him to do well. I get that. But $30 million a year for a guy that averaged 23.6 points, averaged just four rebounds, 2.3 assists, one steal, half a block, only 1.3. Three-point makes over 37 minutes per game. Like, those aren't great numbers. He still has a lot of room to grow. But there, this is where we are. And I, I want to make this clear. Like, this is the danger of having a salary cap in sports. Is someone needs to make the money. And the problem is when owner and players come together, 
they share the piece of the pie. And they want that pie to just keep on growing and growing and growing to make more and more and more. Now it's got to the point where players are making more than they should. Like, you cannot justify a 31-year-old Kyle Lowry making $33 million per year. I'm sorry, you cannot. But, based upon the parameters, the way the NBA works, you can make that much money. And it makes sense for a team. As crazy as that sound. But but here's where the danger is. It's for you, the fan. These contracts in basketball, how much of a turnoff are they for you? Like, how can you, the fan, relate to these players? Some of them getting like 20... Like, Bismack is getting $18 million a year, okay? A role player in the NBA. How can you relate with a role player when he's making that much, when all you see is your ticket price. To get into the building to support the team, that goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up every year. To get a good Raptors ticket in the building, you're paying what? 150 Certainly 120 And that ticket price isn't going down. Meanwhile, you get to watch some good, not great players make exorbitant salaries. I just worry about the relatability if the changing landscape of television and digital providers change and these companies start making less off the properties, what will happen then? Like the prices are going to have to come down and the players will then have to make less unless it's you, the fan, that gets to pay more. The lifeblood of any professional sports league should and has to always be the fans first. You're the reason why they're there. Your local professional sports team should establish a sense of community. It should be a pillar of pride. It should represent the place you live, the values, and they should be competing for your hometown. But when it becomes too expensive... To consume, then that's entirely problematic. And if the players weren't making that much money, that would be another story. But come on, $30 million a year for Andrew Wiggins? Isn't this excessive? Hasn't the NBA gone absolutely mad? And isn't it time to scale back? It's not just the NBA. It's like you show up to a golf tournament and you get an outrageous sum of money. We're talking about Jeannie Bouchard. Earlier in the show, she's 12-15 and 15 on the year. I think the furthest she's gone in a tournament is the third round. Do you know how much she's made in the WTA this year? Just this year where she's 12-15. and 15. She's won 12 wins this year, total, and her prize money, $451,000. We're reaching a dangerous spot in sports, man where we try to justify the money spent rather than thinking about the fans first. Is this sustainable? I don't know. But for fans, for me, not a, not everyone can afford it. And if sport is just going to strictly become something to consume for the elite, then we've completely lost the plot. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter, the text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. WTF. Is coming up next. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050.
Scotty Max, Scott MacArthur on the Scott MacArthur Show all week long. He's coming up and coming your way at the top of the clock. What's going on, Toronto? Gareth Wheeler with you at WheelerTSN on Twitter. Big game coming up. I have a day with the couch at 2.30 today. Super Cup action, Manchester United and Real Madrid. You're shaking your head. It's a big game today. Jose Mourinho gets his former side. Mourinho wants Gareth Bale. Great name, by the way, Gareth Bale. To bring him to Manchester United. There's some gamesmanship there. Says that he's going to go after him if Zinedine Zidane, the manager of Real Madrid, doesn't play him today. I cannot wait to see this play out. Really, I'm, I, I'm that excited. Just a little bit more excited than seeing Jeannie Bouchard at the Rogers Cup today. Uh, the poll question on today's show, at TSN 1050 Toronto or at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. I'm more excited for Jeannie Bouchard's next. At 51%, the winner goes to photo shoot. At 30%, Instagram post. At 19%, looking forward to the next tennis match. What do you think? Jeannie wins or loses today? Keith? She's going to get dusted. Yeah, dusted. No doubt in my mind. Okay. Joe Narsa, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Keith. I think it's just safer saying lose. Do you guys follow Jeannie or sister on Instagram? I do. Do you? Yep. Why do you follow her on Instagram? Beatrice, it's it actually started... I her sister re- Beatrice, right? I can't remember okay. if it was last summer or two summers ago. I saw, I can't even remember how, she was taking this trip through Thailand, and there was just snap after snap after snap, and Insta story after Insta story of just these random places of Thailand. So after following her for the last couple of years, she's always all over the world, all over the country. And I guess it's just fun to see, I don't know, someone's vantage point of these different places around the world. Okay, do you follow her because she's a babe or was it because of Thailand? Your love for Thailand or your f- or your we'll, love for blondes? We'll, uh, we'll call it a 50-50 right. mix. Okay, okay. That's like, Joe Nurse said, like, someone like hit me up and said, we follow her on Instagram to follow her career so we can see her talent realized. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. No, you follow her Instagram to see what she's doing outside of dominance or, you know, her career. Right. Because when you watch her career, you get to watch the first round and then a second round exit. Right. So you don't see that on Instagram. You see her, you know, what she's doing for Nike and what she's doing for Pepsi. Good for her. And in what that she's sense. doing at the beach. Yeah. Or what she's wearing at the beach. Yeah, yeah I get I, it. I, it sucks because when you look at what she was in 2014, and I think at one point she was fourth in the world. Like you said, right now she's the 70th ranked tennis player. And in any sport, would you really care about the 70th no, best? No, but she's treated like an A-list because she's a celebrity, which is a little bit of a WTF, if you ask me. Jeannie Bouchard, taking to the court in about 10 minutes' time at York University, but right now it's time for this. What the f- They defeat the Toronto Blue Jays 19-1. to Oh, that's nasty. You come to the rink to see something maybe you've never seen before. And that might be one of those moments. It's only two dudes better than me, and I'm both of them. Stay off the weed. W-T-F. Can we start with Jay Cutler? I mean, if I'm any team, I would have run the Wildcat, <laughs> got back to the Wildcat, rather than bringing Jay Cutler to town. Listen to him. He doesn't even think he needs to be in good shape. 
If you're a quarterback in football, it means you're like a designator and hit a designated hitter in baseball. Apparently, well, that's according to Cutler. Well, the good thing is I play quarterback, so I don't really have to be in uh, that great of uh, cardiovascular shape. Um, but I'll be fine. Uh, you know, we Adam knows uh, uh, kind of what I've been up to, so we'll uh, we'll figure it out along the way. Eating chips is that it? That's unbelievable, Joe. You're you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. We could speak to an out of shape quarterback, and I love the guy. But Donovan McNabb throwing up on a final drive in a Super Bowl haunts my dreams. Yeah, he was chunky. You need to be in good shape. No, no, you don't. He's in Miami. Well, if he wants to be any good, which you guess he's not. And just, if you're in Miami, don't you want to look good with your shirt off? Beach bod. Yeah. Although dad bods are in these days. Have you heard? So, Jay Cutler's a big-time WTF. Mike Trout's amazing. For the fourth time in his six-year career, he had a home run on his birthday. One, that's crazy that he's playing on his birthday every year. Like, yeah, baseball, the odds are that he's going to play. But to hit a home run four to six years, that's crazy. He did it last night. But I love John Axford's Johnny Axe. Good old Canadian boy. MLB on Twitter put out, Trout hit a home run on his birthday. Trout hit a home run on his birthday. Axford responded, I blew a save on my birthday once. I don't recall you guys giving me a shout-out like this. Good call. All birthdays are created equal, people. All birthdays created equal. This story I don't get. A wrong turn left... Hold on. A wrong turn left a car completely underwater in East End Toronto, where I live, on Monday night. Emergency officials say a woman thought she was driving onto a ramp to Lakeshore Boulevard, but instead drove into Ashbridge's Bay near Woodbine Beach. Despite the car becoming fully submerged, everyone inside the vehicle managed to escape safely. Now, if I'm turning onto a road, I'm not sure what it's all about. I'm going slow. I am proceeding with caution, not putting my foot down and going straight into a lake. Think she partied a little bit too hard this weekend? I'll go with a yes. Women ends up in Lake Ontario. Are are you guys fans of late night talk shows? Because I used to be religious when it came to David Letterman. He's got a new, by the way, talk show series coming up on Netflix. And Conan and Craig Ferguson. But now late night TV for me, just in terms of the, the talk show circuit... I'm not having it. Not into it. One of the worst on late night television is James Corden. I'm sorry, I don't find him funny. Is it just because he has a British accent? Like, I don't get it. His carpool karaoke is all the rage. I think it's kind of lame. Come sit with me while I sing your songs in the car. While my boy Liam Gallagher is putting an end to that being cool or fashionable. If invited, Gallagher said no thank you very much. Quote, no bleeping chance, mate, with that fat bloke from Kevin and Perry, which was a show back in the UK. At this point, his partner, as they're talking to GQ, Debbie Gwither reportedly interject. It's called Gavin and Stacey, and you never watched it. To which Gallagher replied, I need to watch it and know I won't like it. James Corden is a knobhead. Good for you there, Liam Gallagher. Get this, this is actually a scary story. A New York man was arrested for breaking into a home and trying to shower with a female resident before heading to the kitchen to do the dishes. That's the WTF part. A woman was showering. She thought like it was her sister that came into the washroom, opened up the curtain, there's some weird dude standing there. She ran out of the washroom, called the cops, 
They couldn't find him, looked in the kitchen, and he's there cleaning the dishes. What the? bad. That's crazy. And finally, the annual World Hen Racing Championship took place on the weekend with 30 to 40 hens taking part for a little local glory. That happened in England, which proves you really can gamble on anything. Hen racing? I'm cool with horses. I'm cool with dogs. But hens? Next year, Usain Bolt versus a chicken. Versus a chicken. I think uh, I think I give the chicken a chance. Just depends how motivated. Just tell him that he'd end up in a McChicken, and we'll see how fast that chicken goes. Those are where your today's uh, today's WTS. Wow, that's messed up. And that's all the time for us on this program. Uh, it's great being back today. Thanks again for all the wishes last week. Thanks to Joe Narsa. Thanks to Keith Bauer. And thanks to you as well. I'm Wheels, Mike Hogan, coming up next. Enjoy your day, Toronto.